0: It's that time again. Time for the Go Go podcast. I'm your host Jeff Fry, and I'm here with the esteemed and most respectable Ian McMachen. All right, Ian, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great today, Jeff. How's your week been?
0: Very good. And, uh, you know, this is uh, podcast number seven, so we're moving quite along. You know, gosh, it just seems like yesterday. So um, this uh, enterprise is moving along, and uh, we've got another Wyoming game under our belt uh, against uh, uh, Cal Davis, uh, UC Davis. I've got, got a game review. So why don't we get right into that and listen to the first half, all right? Sounds good. The University of Wyoming Cowboys came away from their game against the University of California Davis Aggies, a 45-22 winner this past Saturday. The Cowboys won the toss and surprisingly took the ball to begin the game and were soon awarded for their efforts. Kicking the ball on the 25, the Cowboys used 10 plays to make their first score when Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen hit senior wide receiver Tanner Gentry on the 16-yard line as he ran it in for the score.
2: It's going to be a four-man front with four guys with their hands in the... Down on the carpet, now just three, as Allen takes the snap on third and six, has time, fires! He's got a man! It's caught! Tanner Gentry! Touchdown, Cowboys!
0: Cooper Roth tacked on the extra point, giving the folks a 7-0 lead, with 10-10 remaining in the first quarter. On the Aggies' next possession, sophomore corner Rico Gafford intercepted Aggie quarterback at the Aggies 35 and ran the ball to the Aggies' five-yard line
2: got out of the shotgun, fakes the inside handoff, wants to throw, fires downfield, this is picked off, it's intercepted by Rico Gafford, Gafford has it to the 30, he's to the 25, he's to the 20, still on his feet, and to the 5, and then knocked out of bounds, inside the 5 yard line.
0: Junior running back Brian Hill added insult to injury by running in the Touchdown.
2: So the Cowboys, wow, this is pretty good shape. They've got it first and goal at the UC Davis three-yard line. Brian Hill is the deep back in the eye. He'll get it. Hill up the middle. Hill is in. Touchdown, Cowboys.
0: The extra point was good, and the Pokes led 14 to nothing with 9:05 remaining in the first quarter. The Aggies get on the board two possessions later with a 41-yard field goal by Matt Blair making the score Wyoming 14, UC Davis three, with 24 seconds remaining in the first quarter. The Aggies quickly get back on the board when Cowboy quarterback Josh Allen fumbles a ball and Aggies Keelan Cumberson recovers and runs 21 yards for the score making it Wyoming 14, UC Davis nine, after the missed extra point with 14-15 remaining in the second quarter. The Cowboys quickly shake off the miscue and drive the ball to the 41-yard line where Brian Hill rattles off a 59-yard run for the score.
2: Johnson split wide right, but give it to Hill. He's got some room. Hill to the 40, look out! He's gonna go! Hill to the 10, five, touchdown, Cowboys!
0: The extra point by Cooper Roth made the score Wyoming 21, UC Davis nine, with 12:24 remaining in the second quarter. Wyoming gets the ball back after an Aggie 3-and-out from their own 5-yard line with 11.44 remaining in the half. Nine plays later, Josh Allen connects with Jake Malhart from the UC Davis' 39-yard line for the score.
2: Fake the give, Allen rolling right, plants, wants to fire, looks downfield from Malhart, this is caught! Touchdown, Cowboys! What there a... is a flag on the play, but this should stand as Mallhart.
0: After the extra point, the Cowboys lead the Aggies 28-9 with 5.56 remaining in the half. Aggies Matt Blair misses a 53-yard field goal with just over a minute remaining in the half. Starting from their own 36-yard line, the Cowboys take just three plays for redshirt freshman C.J. Johnson to take a Josh Allen pass 37 yards for the score
2: right he's being pressured from behind throws on the run to the end zone wide open this is caught a cowboy touchdown C.J. Johnson with the catch and the score
0: after the extra point Wyoming goes into the locker room leading the Aggies 35 to 9 and the game well in hand I tell you that was uh, very very encouraging
1: well, I think the Cowboys are ready to get out of the gate after that Nebraska game. I, knew, I think they knew the importance of this football game to set them up for bowl eligibility down the line and maybe even bigger and greater feats this season. So they, they look like a team that came right out of the gate, and needed to do what they did, played with energy, and uh, jumped right on their opponent. Outside of the Josh Allen fumble that resulted in the UC Davis touchdown uh, the Cowboy defense uh, played really well, I thought, uh, especially in the first half. Yes, they did. Uh, really set the tone, and Wyoming was able to make some big plays in the passing game to extend that lead out at halftime.
0: Yeah, I think they handled that um, that fumble really well. They just came right back and uh, roared down the field, so they, they shook that off. Uh, it didn't rattle Josh. He uh, got it out of his mind and uh, performed really well.
1: Yeah, I thought I just thought the whole team performed uh, pretty well. I thought it was a clean game for the most part. Um, I just thought the way the Cowboys came out and jumped on their opponent because the last few years it seems like we've not done that to the FCS opponents very well, jumping on them uh, opponents that we should beat. And this might be an encouraging sign of uh, the level ability of this football team and the mentality of this football team.
0: You betcha. Well, I tell you what, let's take and listen to the second half. Top of the third quarter, the Aggies show some life by executing a seven-play drive capped by a 25-yard scoring strike from Ben Scott to Keelan Doss. Wyoming leads 35, UC Davis 15 after they missed the extra point with 11:15 remaining in the third quarter. Wyoming punted on their next possession pinning UC Davis to their three-yard line. The Aggies go three and out and punt. Wyoming's Austin Conway returns that punt 18 yards to the Aggie 26-yard line. Brian Hill runs it three times, getting the ball down to the UC Davis's three-yard line. Josh Allen runs it in for the score. He dots the
2: eye, he is the deep back in the eye on second and goal. They'll give it, no fake it to him. Allen rolling right, looking into the end zone. Now he's going to tuck it. He's going to stretch for it, and he's got it. Touchdown,
0: Cowboys. After the extra point, the Cowboys lead the Aggies 42-15 with 4.52 remaining in the third quarter. On UC Davis' next possession, the Cowboys recover a fumble after their quarterback was sacked by sophomore defensive end Carl Grandison at the Aggies' 24-yard line.
2: Three, wide right. Scott looking over the middle. Under pressure, that ball is up in the air. Let's see if it's loose. That's going to be called a fumble. Who has it? The Cowboys have it at the 24-yard line.
0: The Cowboys drive the ball down to the UC Davis 6-yard line and stall. Freshman kicker Cooper Roth makes a 21-yard field goal to extend Wyoming's lead 45-15 with 27 seconds remaining in the third quarter.
2: Out of the hold of Nick Spore, another true freshman, the kick is up and it is good. good.
0: In the fourth quarter, the Aggies make the only score with an 11 play drive capped by a three yard run by L. Williams, with 412 remaining in the final frame, making the score Wyoming 45, Houston Davis 22. Well, that's the. Um... Second-half report there. Uh, Again, not a lot of scoring uh, late for the Cowboys, but they did what they had to do. Uh, They did allow the Eagles to score one, though.
1: Well, I think that that touchdown came out during mop-up time later in the game. The good news is the Wyoming defense only really gave up one touchdown in the meat and potatoes of the game. And that was to see that defense, again, it looks much quicker. It looks like it's a couple levels in quickness. Um, running to the football, and I think this could be an area that really could help us defensively this year. Uh, the, the defense continues to be active because they've shown hints of the ability to chase down opponents and uh, make some plays. And uh, that's the one thing that really stood out for me in this football game is that ability. And we'll see how that
3: translates into the next game.
0: Well, yeah, I think they're uh, they're learning. They're, uh, the defensive line did really well. They uh, didn't allow the run. Uh, Like you said, there was a couple of slip-ups on passes, but uh, other than that, uh, really a lot to to, uh, feel good about. Oh, and by the way, I wanted to uh, make a shout-out to Dave Walsh and Learfield Sports for providing those highlights for us. Uh, That's really nice that they do that.
1: Well, it's great to hear the the highlights and stuff. You do see them on TV, but to hear Dave's voice uh, is a great thing, though, is here for these uh, these match-ups. And uh, we always appreciate them uh, helping us out with that process.
0: Yeah, it's uh, really nice. They've uh, been really nice to us, and uh, we really appreciate it. Well, uh, on Mondays, uh, Coach Bowl has a normal press conference, and uh, he talked about a game. Why don't we listen to his assessment of the uh, UC-California Davis game?
4: First of all, a couple of comments. Uh after reviewing the tape and uh, going through everything with UC Davis we're really pleased with the fast start <coughs> uh, we had talked about rushing the ball better and we certainly think we accomplished that I thought we did a nice job defending the, the traditional uh, runs uh, established in line of scrimmage really pleased that we created two takeaways on defense thought Josh threw the ball well he was 11 for 15 had zero interceptions and threw a couple of those away So. Uh, and we scored in a two minute right before the second half. So that certainly was good. There are some things to improve on. Uh, we've got to work on Josh's ball security. You know, that strip is something that can be prevented. And uh, we probably need to do a little bit better job at times getting off the field on third down. And so uh, it was a good performance. though. So, you know, I um, thought Cal Davis is a good football team. And we needed to come in and play well and uh, it was going to be interesting to see how our football team responded after the previous game and thought they responded very well. And so, you know, we made made it through the game. Um, the only thing we're maybe a little bit concerned about is Robert Priester right now with some concussion protocol, but we'll see how he goes through the week.
0: So that was uh, Coach Boll, uh, pretty upbeat about, that, uh, about the game. So uh, that's uh, always uh, – Always nice when the coach uh, has good things to say.
1: Yeah, so it's a big positive, especially compared to the last couple years where there hasn't been a whole lot of positive to talk about. But he is right. The one area the Cowboys really got to watch out with on Friday is that ball security and keeping care of that football, and Josh Allen's going to have to do that because Eastern Michigan has had the knack to force some fumbles and make some plays, and I think that's going to be one of the keys in the game. Uh, But besides that, he has a lively arm, uh, it was great to see C.J. Johnson, uh, the young freshman, redshirt freshman, step up and uh, make some catches and make a big touchdown play because the Cowboys are going to need that third wide receiver in that offense. Oh, yeah. And
0: he's another weapon, another another thing to make the uh, defense worry about, you know, when he gets out there. Uh, you know, sometimes the defense will relax if a, a substitute comes in because they know that he's not as good as is what, uh, you know, the first string. Uh, so, But he's a threat, so I'm looking forward to seeing more and more from him as we go through the year. Uh, now, the Coach Bowen was asked about the uh, defensive front. Uh, they've been doing pretty well. Let's, uh, let's, hear, let's see how he responded.
4: I appreciate you bringing that up because a lot of times those guys aren't making the tackles, but uh, we've, we've done a good job thus far establishing the line of scrimmage, and that was true really against Nebraska until late in the game. Um, And so I think you need to attribute that to the the front four guys. Uh, Certainly Connor Kane, his added strength. uh, Johanna has has, has played well. Uh, Chase Appleby has played well. Carl Granderson. uh, Josiah Hall is a big, strong, sturdy guy. Uh, Kevin Prosser. Those guys have really done it. We're not getting knocked off the football. And that's allowed our linebackers to to really come in and, and be able to move and make some tackles and i think we've had some good tackling from our secondary as well
0: so uh, he was pleased by the defense and i have to say that uh, they are playing a lot better now than they did last year that experience is really showing
1: well i think it's helped that they've had a year we talked about it quite a bit during the offseason hammered it they've had that extra year of maturity of adding weight coach bull said they've added 20 pounds on the average the great news about this defensive line is it's still a very young unit that's going to have another year going in next year to be able to add additional weight and strength. So I expect this defensive line to miss point forward under the staff to continue to get better and better. But it's been really good. They've been really strong against the run. They look really good for three quarters against Nebraska, the against their bread-and-butter run. Uh, the, the, they just look a bigger physically. And I think they got a couple guys on that defensive line that can really uh, turn into stars with Granderson and Gaffaney.
0: Yeah, that's true. And so, um, you know, that's always God. I could just it sounds like a broken record. We're just talking about how good this sounds. How good this sounds. Uh, boy, I just, uh, I just hope this continues. Now, uh, Bowl was also asked again about the O line, and uh, he responded to that question.
4: You know, we're thin, but. Uh, you know, we've had, we've had one sack. Uh, we were disappointed we weren't able to, to run the ball better against Nebraska, but last week we responded well. Uh, some, of the, some of the sacks, you know, we've had better protection. We've picked up some pressures better, uh, you know. But we've, I think Josh has added an element that we haven't had that since I've been our head coach. And I don't know when the last time Wyoming's had somebody be able to do some of the things he can do and i think the future really looks bright and a, a great quarterback and i'm not saying he's great but he's got some exceptional skills that can make an offensive line look a lot better and then you got a good running attack with ryan and so we're pleased with that
0: yeah he points that out that um josh allen really helps that offensive line out he gets the ball out quick uh, he can move out of the way uh, if he gets uh, gets in trouble so um uh, I think the combination of the two has really helped this team out.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a combination of the two. Again, um, the offensive line, I think the starting five, top six linemen are really molding into a, a very good unit as time moves forward, uh, better size, but I think there's some mobility there to even get better. But when you throw in a, a player like Josh Allen who can run, he's a big quarterback at 6'5", six, 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 very lively arm, Um, that that combination is something we haven't had in Wyoming in a while and I think that is going to be one of the perhaps the factors as the season moves forward is going to register more wins as maybe some of the fans out there expect us to do.
0: That's true. Now another subject that came up among the reporters was talking about uh, the past defense and uh, how it is now versus uh, in the past and he responded uh, to that.
4: I think first of all the, the group of receivers at the University of Nebraska are big time. I mean, that showed when they, when they, beat, uh, when they beat Oregon. Those guys are really good. And I thought uh, Nebraska's quarterback had the ability to throw the ball really well deep. <clears throat> um, we matched up better against Davis. Uh, we certainly got better pressure on the quarterback, uh, picking him off early had an impact. And uh, getting some sacks uh, had an impact. So we made progress. Uh, we've got a ways to go, but we're getting better.
0: So again, he was uh, asked about the the difference between the Nebraska game and this game, and he pointed out that Nebraska really does have some uh, heavy-duty receivers there, and so we're much more matched up with Davis. Uh, Hopefully, uh, uh, Eastern Michigan will uh, not prove as potent as the um, Huskers.
1: Well, I think uh, Nebraska and Cal Davis, you're talking about two different levels of talent across the board. Um, that's why we expected to beat Cal Davis by multiple touchdowns. Well, you know, we played for three strong quarters against Nebraska, it was very encouraging for the fourth quarter meltdown. But I figure Eastern Michigan's probably going to be up a level on Cal Davis in terms of ability. And what we hope for this week is the Cowboys are continuously progressing, improving. And so we'll see another level, an uptick of play uh, going in
0: on Friday night. I hope so, too. And uh, it's it's kind of um, it's an intriguing game. Both teams have improved. Uh, the coaches are uh, improving the culture. So it's going to be a telling game, uh, maybe even more so than uh, Northern Illinois in some ways.
1: Well, I think because the Cowboys have to go on the road, um, and there's that short travel week that's maybe a little bit of a concern but I'm hoping uh, what we're hoping for is a mentally focused team they're going to have to be mentally focused when they play Eastern Michigan not have you know any breakdowns defensively too many turning the ball over too much but it's the type of game I think that the Cowboys can win but if you're going on their half level um, you have a very good chance of getting beat
0: that's true and that's true now coach bow uh, offered his assessment of the uh, Eastern Michigan University Eagles?
4: Um, <clears throat> Eastern Michigan is 2-1. and one. Uh, They had a convincing win last week against a Conference USA uh, team, uh, uh, Charlotte. And, um, you know, they pretty much had their way with us last year. We were not competitive in the ball game. And so playing up there on a Friday night will uh, be a real challenge. Uh, quarterback Porter uh, is new. He's completing 63% of his passes. He is mobile. I think they've got a complex rushing attack. Uh, Erickson and another young man, uh, Bantam, is a guy out of the Twin Cities that we know quite a bit about. Defensively, uh, they've got some really experienced defensive coaches uh, who come from great backgrounds. And they've got a really solid front four, big, strong, physical guys. We think they've got some good coverage uh, corners as well. So that's going to pose a challenge for us. They've got an excellent punter. He's averaging 47 yards. Barnes is his name. He got five punts over 50 yards, so he can boom, and he's got six inside the 20, so they utilize their kicking game well. So big challenge for us, a great opportunity. I know both teams are hungry.
0: Well, both teams are hungry, and uh, given the results of last year's game, I would hope that uh, that these players on the Wyoming Cowboys team are ready to do some balling.
1: Yeah, the game against Eastern Michigan last year was kind of, in some ways, a fluke because we got our quarterback knocked out. And, you know, after a few possessions, our original starter was not in the game. So it was Nick Smith's first game. We were just not able to throw the ball. We were forced to run. But the one thing I remember about last year's game was our ability to really run the ball on him. We nearly, uh, you know, made some moves just with the running game with Brian Hill. But overall, I think that's a game uh, you throw out, but you got to remember that if you don't play up to that certain successful level, you have a chance to get beat on the road. Um, I'm hoping the Cowboys are you know, ready to go, and I think some, something tells me they will be.
0: Well, the, one of the big differences between this year and last year is this year, The Eagles have a a new defensive uh, coordinator and staff, and uh, Bowl addressed that uh, at the press conference.
4: Well, they were more of a three-down front, and this year they're more four-down, so it's a little bit different there.
0: So then that's the difference, the three and four front. um, Also, um, a lot more of experience. They've got a lot of players that have been there, a lot more seniors uh, than Wyoming has, so that's going to be... Something that we have to watch out for?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, uh, Eastern Michigan a more mature team than they were last year. They only won a couple games last year, or they won one. But this still is not a program that is going to be one of the tougher teams on our schedule. So if the Cowboys are going to be bowl-eligible type outfit this year, if they're going to be a team that's going to contend with some of the top teams in our league this year, pull some upsets, this is a game that they need to go and win. Uh, But we are going to probably see a better Eastern Michigan team this year versus the team that beat the Cowboys in Laramie last year.
0: Well, that's true. And again, another change is a a different quarterback. Uh, He's a little bit more mobile than last year, but they also have that uh, uh, last year's quarterback. He's now going to be able to play, and there has been some talk that maybe both quarterbacks are going to play. Bowl was asked about that.
4: Well, you know, there are, there are a lot of similarities. Obviously, they have some strengths. Um, you know, we're going to prepare who they start. But, um, you know, uh, the backup was cleared last week and did not play. And he was the guy that played. So I, we're going to assume we're going to have Porter. But uh, we'll, we'll plan for the same game plan on defense.
0: So basically, it's uh, they're going to prepare for one, but uh, they're both similar players. So I don't know if that's much of an issue.
1: Well, I think the Todd Porter kid uh, that's been playing the last uh, few games is probably a little bit more athletic, and he's actually throwing the ball, football, pretty well. And I would probably expect him to be the guy unless he declines and doesn't play well or doesn't play up to where he's been playing and they need to make a change. But he's an athletic guy with some versatility uh, that has shown some accuracy. Cowboys are just going to have to be ready and not have uh, some of those breakdowns Especially the secondary that they had uh, in some of the earlier games.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, we have um, Robert Priester. He's on. Um, he is on uh, concussion protocol, so we're not sure about him uh, in the game. Uh, coach was asked about him uh, in the press conference.
4: Davion, right now, would be if we went out today, would be our third. Uh, but we'll see how Robert goes. You know, we've been, been able to play with uh, Antonio Hall and. Uh, um, Rico on the other side and so uh, we're not real deep at that spot you know when we look at our secondary we're thin and uh, those guys that are there we got to coach them up
0: yeah so um, we'll have that uh, going for us against our offense Uh, DJ May has served his suspension he'll be back so that's a good uh, good thing for us so yes that's uh, we've got that game from last year and that's really hanging heavy over the over the pokes
1: Yeah, it's such an important game because you win that one, you go into the conference schedule three and one and and get that minimal bowl eligibility and I think it's important to the program. This could be a big win for that. You have to go out on the road and earn that win. And we all all feel the Cowboys are a much improved team from last year, more mature, and this is just another opportunity for them to take a step forward, maybe have some of these other players take a step forward and uh, continue to uh, clean up some things that have been a little bit of a weakness for them this year but I generally feel very good about the, the direction of, of the Cowboys in this football
3: program to this point in the season.
0: Oh, I do too. I'm uh, I'm very pleased. Nebraska game aside, we got three quarters of a game out of there that was decent. Uh, they did really good performance uh, against UC Davis. So this is, uh, this is kind of a watershed game. This is going to see what the uh, Uh, see where they're at, Uh, I think, uh, as you said before we go into conference. Now, the other thing about it is um, we're playing on Friday night. We're playing tonight when this uh, podcast is broadcast. So uh, Coach Bull was asked about his feelings about that.
4: You know, our players responded. uh, You know, we practiced yesterday. And typically, we give them Sunday off. And I really believe that that's important to do. But we just weren't in that position to do that. Uh, and Our coaches uh, were up bright and early. And so we've been game planning hard. I'm sure Eastern's doing the same as coaches. You just adjust your clock. And we'll kind of alter some of how we structure our periods and some of the things we do, but try to get our work in before we hop on that plane. Uh, But that's a challenge. And that's just one thing I'm finding is when you're in the the Mountain West, you're going to go and TV is going to have a big impact when you play, and there's not a lot to say about that. So we play when they tell us to play.
0: Yeah, and what do you think about playing on Fridays? Do you think that's uh, very disruptive, or do you think the team will have any problems with that?
1: Well, being in the Mountain West Conference, uh, Wyoming's played on Friday night. They played on Friday night the last two years, uh, I believe, versus Utah State both times. The staff's been coaching the last two years, so I think they have a pretty good idea how they need to approach a Friday night game. But overall, this is just the reality of today. If Wyoming wants to be a major college football league, any college football league like the Mountain West, and the Mountain West wants to get the exposure, they're going to have kickoff times out there a little bit out of the fan-friendly norm. So I think overall we have to accept it and actually be happy that we're actually – Have an opportunity to watch Cowboys on national TV on Friday night. Uh, Maybe if this game was on a Saturday afternoon, it would be a lot harder to access. But fortunately, um, I'm looking forward to being able to sit in front of my TV set tomorrow and enjoy a Friday night of football.
0: It's going to be on CBS Sports Network, which is CBS's uh, sports arm, college sports arm. Uh, It's going to be uh, 5.30 Mountain Time. If I got that right, do I have that right? Five thirty Mountain Time. That's,
1: uh, that's correct. Five thirty Mountain Time, and another great part of it is that we don't have to worry about a previous game pushing that kick kickoff forward. Like if you're playing on Saturday at eight thirty, normally that game doesn't get kicked off till nine o'clock because you've got an FCC game going beforehand. So we're fortunate that things going to actually kick off right at five thirty, 530, five
0: thirty-five. Well, that's good. Mountain and. Uh, it's gonna be seven thirty out here on the East Coast, but uh, that's even that's doable. I mean, I can handle that. Um, as opposed to the, have
1: you checked the weather report, Jeff? Make sure there's no lightning and thunder in uh, the area that might delay that kickoff.
0: Oh no, jeez, boy, I don't. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> now, I think I did look at the weather. I did look at the weather.com, the Weather Channel's thing, and it showed a twenty percent chance for rain. So. I'm thinking we're we're going to be okay. You know, I think it's going to happen. Uh, now, next week after this, we're going to play uh Colorado State. They're kicking off at 8:15 Mountain Time, and that's 10:15 for me, so that's going to be another long long evening, but we'll talk about that when we get there. So that's it. Uh, we've 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 broken down the game from last week. We've talked about our opponent, so I think we've pretty much covered this subject uh, for right now. Well, we have Tom Laycock with us today for another recruiting report. And, Tom, I understand that uh, from the game uh, we had some visitors.
3: Yeah, we did. You know, the, really the, the two headliners that were here were the young men from uh, Inc- Inc- Indrakum, I always say that incorrectly. Indercum High School in Sacramento, California. Victor Jones, uh, the big defensive end, with a slew of offers, including Oregon State uh, It's some other Pac-12s. And his teammate Ryan Ryan Gattoli, or I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Jones uh, and I have spoke just very briefly as he was just trying to get on the plane the other day. Uh, I said, uh, "What did you think of the visit?" He said, "Really, it was awesome. It went much better than I even thought it would." And then they told him to shut off his, uh, shut off his because the plane was breaking least. They haven't been able to catch this yet, um, but uh, it was a very uh, emphatic, you know, sort of you know, exciting uh, response. His teammate, the six-foot, 210-pound outside linebacker, um, once again a nice offer list, including Nebraska. Uh, He said he thought it was a very close knit team. He liked the way that the coaches interacted with the team, liked the attention he got, and uh, you know, once again, he didn't think that the facilities, he didn't think the program would be near as nice as it was. And I said, you know, did they, did the folks really do themselves some good in terms of uh, helping their case to sign you? And he said, absolutely. So I'd certainly think about signing with them. So um, a couple guys that came away very impressed. You know, it always helps uh, you show them a win, but. There's a decent crowd. It was a beautiful day. Um, you know, Wyoming does have nice facilities that are about to get much nicer. Uh, I think all those things really played in pretty nicely.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd, a lot of people will 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 put down War uh, memorial, uh, our, our uh, other fans from other schools, but uh, I really do think we've got nice things, and I think that's really an impact. Uh, so it's nice to hear that being confirmed.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, especially the... Uh, the Rochelle Center and the the, plans for the High Altitude Center. Uh, one of the things that I hear quite a bit is the uh, you know sort of the, the ability to pick up a snack while you're uh, you know while you're at the uh, in the weight room or in the facilities there. Uh, there was one other young man that was on campus visiting, and that was on the basketball side, Dale and Counts, the 6'475 uh, uh, pounder from uh, Denver East High School, the basketball player. Uh, you know, he's one of these guys who's known as one of the better juniors, if not the best junior in Denver this year. Uh, once again, uh, blown away by the facilities. Didn't think he would like it that much. And he's got some visits to, to go, and he's going to take his time. But uh, it seemed like Wyoming showed very, very well. And, uh, you know, he thought the distance was uh, just far enough from Denver to go up and mature on his own, but not quite so far that he couldn't get back home if he needed to. is, you know, once again, a pretty good sign.
0: Well, you know, it's important that the parents can get to come and see the games, and uh, that's one of the things that the Colorado guys have got over a lot of people is that uh, their parents uh, usually are in the Denver area, and uh, they can come up, you know. So uh, I think that's important.
3: Yeah, it certainly doesn't hurt.
0: Well, now, I understand that um, not only did you check out the recruiters, but uh, you've been talking to uh, someone at EMU about the upcoming game.
3: Yeah, you know, one of the features that we do each week that's one of my favorites is the Behind Enemy Lines, and what we do is we send five questions off to uh, someone who covers that week's opponents, and we get a little, you know, you, you get a different perspective, more so than just a statue, when you talk to someone who covers them, you know, on a regular basis. This week we were shuttled to the uh, the voice of the Eagles, the radio voice of the Eagles, Matt Shepard, and Matt um, was nice enough to, Talk to us in between <laughs> during the game. Uh, he is the pregame and postgame host for the uh, postgame and pregame show for the Detroit Tigers. Hmm. So uh, he was nice enough to to call in and and instead of uh, just email and, and it was a very interesting uh, uh, conversation in terms of what he had to say and and what he sees coming up.
0: Well, uh, I suppose he believes that the Eagles are going to win. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he said that.
3: You know, he, he didn't necessarily go that far. One thing that he did say, though, is is that this is a vastly improved team. The reason for the improvement is, is because they've got so many returners along the offensive and defensive fronts. He said it's a four-three defense, but they they run four defensive tackles deep. And last year when they played Wyoming, didn't have the two starters uh, due to injury. The advantage to that is they built some nice depth. On the offensive line, he said the offensive line is combined for 123 starts over their career. So they're seeing some, some pretty significant uh, improvement along the front. Uh, he, he mentioned um, running back could be a bit of an issue. Shaq Van out for the year with the, the shoulder injury. Uh, he said Ian Erickson is kind of the next man in. Um, they don't know a ton about him in terms of ways like at the college level. However, uh, he had a very prolific high school um, uh, career, and they've got a couple guys behind him that seem, that seem uh, pretty strong as well. In the receiving core, he talked about, uh, I believe is Nigel Kilby, 6'7 freshman who seems to have quite a bit of talent. So uh, he likes what's happening there with the Chris Creighton coaching staff versus what he's seen in the past.
0: Well, uh, Coach Creighton does seem to be a really squared-away guy, and uh, he's putting in uh, new traditions. Uh, he's really trying to emphasize uh, – Toughness and, and, and pride in the program. The program's been down for a long time, so uh, you have to admire him for his efforts. Uh, and uh, kind of like Bull, I think that after a while, he's going to start showing a lot of success.
3: You know, you can see him kind of building. And one thing that uh, uh, was mentioned by uh, by Matt Shepard was Creighton uh, seems to be getting, you know, he's, he's still in the Denver and the Detroit Metroplex, but you know, he talked about all the schools in a short radius of that same area, and, and said, you know, it's just a tough get. And so, one thing that he's seeing is a more of a willingness to get out uh, on the recruiting trail. And, uh, and to that point, you know, Eastern Michigan is a school. I believe it was Peter Peter Bergman from NC HS, Noxubee County High School, the big 6'10" kid, uh, who played offensive line. Casper, who ended up signing with Eastern Michigan, and, and Eastern Michigan was in on Bartlett very early as well. Uh, the recruiter for the series, actually a guy that I played uh, small college football with, um, is the offensive, just uh, an offensive line coach up there, Ryan Grubbs. So they put together a really nice coaching staff, and, and when you look at the assistants, there are some names that people remember.
0: Wow, that's wow. That really, uh, oh, I just don't know what to think about having a Wyoming kid on a Michigan team. But, hey, uh do you know why Wyoming uh, was Wyoming in on this guy?
3: You know, Wyoming looked at him. I think they had offered him a – I don't know that they had offered him a scholarship. I think he was a, you know, preferred walk-on, or else they were kind of working in that direction. Um, interesting story. Uh, when, uh, when you know, I said the kid was 6'10". Well, years ago, I used to officiate uh, high school in the, you know, lower-level uh, football in Casper, and I remember very really, – uh, vividly, as uh, the, the umpire, you stand over the ball until the referee gives you the ready for play signal. Then you turn around, and you get back where the uh, uh, linebackers are. I stand about six one, and I remember very vividly one play. I got the ready for uh, ready for uh, play signal from my referee in my white hat. I took turned around, took one step without really looking, and I walked straight into somebody's numbers. <laughs> at six one, that doesn't happen very often.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> looked up at this mountain of a sixteen year old wow Uh, okay
0: (laughs) well um i mean i wish him all the luck in the world but i not on uh not on friday does do you think he's going to get a chance to play
3: you know i'm really not sure although if the offensive line is as experienced as uh matt shepard said today i'd probably not
0: okay well that'll be interesting well uh anything else uh out of that conversation or uh, are we missing anything here it
3: uh, sounds like the defensive line is going to be strong. Linebackers, like, a little bit, uh, you know, they're, they're still developing. Uh, but specifically, the cornerbacks um, seem to be the concern of the defense there. And, and you know, when you talk to someone who follows the team as closely as as you know the radio voice does, you kind of feel like maybe you're you're getting a little bit of repeating of what the coaching staff sees and is concerned about. And the biggest thing that he talked about, he probably brought it up three times. Uh, was the two headed monster running back with Wick and uh, Brian Hill? So, I have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, stacking the uh, the box and making the quarterback and receivers get open.
0: Uh, well, we'll just uh, subject him to some mall heart, some tanner gentry, and some hollister and see how he likes that. Sounds great. <laughs> well, very good. Well, thank you, Tom. Uh, this was podcast number seven, so we're cooking along so. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be getting together again uh, next Friday. And uh, anything uh, on the recruiting horizon?
3: Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I think we're in pretty good shape, and uh, we'll check in next week.
0: All right. Well, thank you, and you have a good day. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Well, there was uh, Tom Laycock with another excellent uh, recruiting report. Uh, interesting uh, tidbit about that uh, kid from Natrona that's uh, on their team.
1: I didn't uh, realize he was uh, from Natrona. They have a Natrona player on the Eastern Michigan team. And considering that Trona's produced some division one football players in the last couple of years, we of course have Logan Wilson on our team from Natrona, Josh Harshman. And then of course, I think the kid from Florida was a Natrona uh, player too. So it looks like the might be producing a few of the D one players out there.
0: They certainly have. And, uh, I'd like to get them in those Wyoming uniforms, but in this case, it looked like they wanted to bring the kid in on a preferred walk-on, and uh, he gets a scholarship offer. I mean, that's kind of—it's kind of hard to compete with, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's tough to turn a scholarship down at an education, especially if you're not necessarily going to play professionally someday or have the hopes of that. I'm not saying that's the case with him necessarily, but when you get that free education, you have to jump on that opportunity.
0: Oh. Definitely, definitely. Well, that was the recruiting report. Now, uh, we're getting into the bulletin board or the announcement portion of the show. I got a couple of announcements that uh, I received from Tim Harkins over there at the University of Wyoming, uh, sports information. Uh, One of them is that the game time for the Colorado State game on October 1st, as we've talked about, has been set for 8.15 mountain time by ESPN. Uh, this will be the Cowboys' last trip to Hughes Stadium for the Border War, and this will be the 108th meeting in the series. So that's kind of historic. I'd kind of wish uh, that I had a chance to get out there and see that last game in old Hughes.
1: Yeah, it's kind of strange to think that there would be another Wyoming-Colorado State game played in that old stadium. I've been in that stadium for a lot of, a lot of the big games through the years. But in addition to that, listening to a lot of those games on the radio from Hughes through the years and watching a few on TV, so things are changing, and uh, next time we visit Fort Collins in two years, we'll be in that new football stadium.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's on campus, and I keep reminding them that when they had their last on-campus stadium, we used to beat them like a drum, so I'm hoping that karma comes back.
1: Yeah, I remember bringing that up earlier this summer, so hope that holds true and we'll get back to into that long run of winning over the Rams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the way the nature should be. Everything's been kind of out of kilter here lately. Okay. And my second announcement, uh, from, from Tim, uh, due to the game tonight, uh, against Eastern Michigan, uh, there may be some radio broadcast conflicts with the Cowboy Sport Network affiliates who cover both the Cowboys and local high school teams. Uh, He says, check your local uh, Cowboy Sports Network affiliate for more information. So you might not be able to get the Wyoming game because the high school game's playing. However, he does mention that you can get Dave and uh, Kevin's broadcast through GoYO.com. That's the university's athletic uh, website, not com, but GoYO.com under Y-O-Vision. And uh, they'll have some links to that. Also, if you've downloaded that new app, you can use that. So um, uh, that's something you need to keep in mind. And again, the kickoff tonight is at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. All right, well, uh, Ian, that's, uh, th- that's it for the announcement. So uh, why don't we uh, start uh, uh, relaxing here? Let's crack open one. Ah, there you go. It's that time. It's that time again. Well, Ian, uh, it's podcast number seven in the can as we pour our beer cans out. So uh, I thought we had a pretty good podcast. And uh, I'm going to be on that uh, TV tonight watching the Cowboys play.
1: That's yeah, great to go into a game, a nationally TV game where you can watch uh, coming off of win at home and being 2 and 1. Um, so it should be an exciting game to watch on TV tonight. And hopefully, the Pokes can at least win by, a, by one point. I'd like to see them maybe win by a few touchdowns.
0: Oh, you better believe it. I like that. All right, we're going to take her on out of here and play the song. So there you have it, podcast number seven. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. I've been joined by Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go, I, O, Go. We'll see you this time next week for another broadcast, another edition of Go, I, O, Go podcast. This is the Go Go podcast in cooperation with the Go Go message board, Jackalope Ridge Media, and also thanks to Learfield Sports, Dave Walsh and the University of Wyoming Athletic Department. All rights reserved.